0: In light of the recent news of certain Jesuit clergymen not only saying they wanted the Latin mass formally done away with, but also providing a crude outline of how to accomplish their wish, and in light of repeating in a few recent podcasts the disparity in belief in certain core Catholic dogmas between those members of the church who attend the Novus Ordo and the Vetus Ordo, that is what gets commonly called the traditional Latin Mass, I thought I'd provide you with some of the data I'm citing, though in a careful way, to, for you know, the usual reasons unique to this place, but also I thought it appropriate to bring you some good news about one diocese's attempt to rectify the situation. And I'm doing this because despite the fact that most of my work is focused on complaining about the state of things in the church, the reality is that I do like to bring some good news whenever I can. I don't really know if this counts as that, but at least someone is trying to do something proactive out there, which is rare these days, pretty much anywhere you look. So let's take a look at the question of the real presence and see what Catholics believe versus what we are told as a dogma of the faith. And let's begin by establishing something. The dogma of the real presence is core to the Catholic faith. Without it, Catholicism begins to crumble and looks almost indistinguishable from our so-called separated brethren. It is something that the very earliest of Christians believed. In the second century, St. Irenaeus said the following, But our opinion is in accordance with the Eucharist, and the Eucharist in turn establishes our opinion. For we offer to him his own, announcing consistently the fellowship and union of the flesh and spirit. For as the bread, which is produced from the earth when it receives the invocation of God, is no longer common bread, but the Eucharist, consisting of two realities, earthly and heavenly, so also our bodies, when they receive the Eucharist, are no longer corruptible, having the hope of the resurrection to eternity. Despite what some say, the real presence was something believed in by the very earliest Christians, and those who did not accept it were not considered to be part of the body of the laity. The Council of Trent defines the real presence in this way. Quote, in the first place, the Holy Synod teaches and openly and simply professes that in the August sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, after the consecration of the bread and wine, our Lord Jesus Christ, true God and man, is truly, really, and substantially contained under the species of those sensible things, for neither are these things mutually repugnant. That our savior himself always sitteth at the right hand of the father in heaven according to the natural mode of existing and that nevertheless he be in many other places sacramentally present to us in his own substance by a manner of existing which though we can scarcely express it in words yet we can we by the understanding illuminated by faith conceive and we ought most firmly to believe to be possible unto god for thus all our fathers as many as were in the Catholic Church who have treated of this most holy sacrament have most openly professed that our Redeemer instituted this so admirable a sacrament at the Last Supper, when, after the blessing of the bread and wine, he testified in express and clear words that he gave them his own very body and his own blood." Quote. The Council document continues and says that, this, that it is from Lucifer to deny the real presence. Remember that. <laughs> This dogma was reiterated by every council of the church, including Vatican II. So important is it to the life of the faith that in our time we hear mainline Catholic teachers describe it aptly as the source and summit of our faith from which every other dogma flows. Which is why every mainline Catholic in the public sphere, from very mainstream figures like Bishop Barron to more outlier trad types like myself, at that time were quite taken aback by the following data that was released in August of 2019 by Pew Research Center. Headline from Pew. Just one-third of U.S. Catholics agree with their church that the Eucharist is the body-blood of Christ. Pew is generally considered among researchers to be the gold standard of data gathering on these sorts of things. I know some people don't trust some of these groups, but their methodology checks out, at least when it comes to this stuff. I was trained in my Ph.D. program on how to do these sorts of data-gathering operations and how they work, and yes, their methods check out. So, let's go into the article, which is short, and comes to us from Pew's own website quote transubstantiation the idea that during mass the bread and wine used for communion become the body and blood of jesus christ is central to the catholic faith indeed the catholic church teaches that the quote, eucharist is the source and summit of the christian life and quote but a new pew research Sur- center survey finds that most self-described catholics don't believe this core teaching in fact nearly seven in ten catholics 69 percent say that they personally believe that during catholic mass the bread and wine used in communion Quote, are symbols of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, end quote. Just one-third of U.S. Catholics, 31%, say they believe that during Catholic Mass the bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Jesus, end quote. Just one-third. Think about that. I can already hear some saying that this is because of poor catechesis. Maybe. But there is evidence that this poor catechesis was purposeful, at least several decades ago as some elements at the council themselves said they wanted to get away from the real presence but let's continue with this article quote in addition to asking catholics what they believe about the eucharist the new survey also included a question that tested whether catholics know what the church teaches on the subject most catholics who believe that the bread and wine are symbolic do not know that the church holds that transubstantiation occurs Overall, 43% of Catholics believe that the bread and wine are symbolic, and also that this reflects the position of the Church. Still, one in five Catholics, 22%, reject the idea of transubstantiation, even though they know about the Church's teaching. The vast majority of those who believe in the bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Christ, 28% of all Catholics, do know that this is what the Church teaches. A small share of Catholics, 3%, Profess to believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, despite not knowing the Church's teaching on substantiation. About 6 in 10, 63% of the most observant Catholics, those who attend Mass at least once a week, accept the Church's teaching about transubstantiation. Still, even among the, this most observant group of Catholics, roughly one-third, 37%, don't believe that the communion bread and wine actually become the body and blood of christ including 23% who don't know the church's teaching and 14% who know the church's teaching but don't believe it and among catholics who do not attend mass weekly large majority say they believe the bread and wine are symbolic and do not actually become the body and blood of jesus and quote so only 60% of Catholics who attend Mass weekly hold to what the Church teaches on the real presence of Our Lord in the Eucharist. And something to remember here. According to one report published about a month ago, Catholics in America are looking at something like 12% of the laity attending Mass every Sunday in the very near future. I have that article with my rest of my sources if you want them. Now Think about the implications of this, though. And think about how this translates into Catholics holding to what the Church teaches about all manner of things. So it's almost as if the Eucharist is really the source and summit of the faith. Kind of makes you think a little bit. All of my sources for this story are linked in my show notes at returntotradition.org. I don't put them here because I've read the rules that our hosts have and I try to abide by them, but you can find them at my show blog at returntotradition.org, which should be on your screen right now, which I recommend you follow as a secondary way to stay apprised of what I'm doing on this channel. So now for the better news that I teased at the start of this. From McCall.com we get this story. Headline. Allentown Catholic Diocese launches Year of the Real Presence to reaffirm Doctrine Nudge Faithful back to the Church. It was penned by Daniel Patrick Sheehan and published on America's favorite day of the year, April fifteenth, 2021. The author provides context from the Gospel of what our Lord says about the Eucharist, and then says the following, quote, The Catholic Diocese of Allentown has just embarked on a year-long mission to remind the 250,000 faithful in its five-county region that Jesus' words are to be taken at face value. When a priest consecrates the bread and wine at Mass, the Church teaches, they remain bread and wine in appearance only. In Stub substance, they have become the body of Christ, flesh, blood, soul, divinity. End quote. Basic stuff. He follows out with some of Richard Dawkins' latest words on the Eucharist, but we're not concerned with him here, because I've read his book, and I've read better written Twitter posts than that thing. But continuing with the article, quote, To push back against misunderstandings about doctrine, Bishop Alfred Schlert launched the Year of the Real Presence on Monday. Coinciding with the celebration of the diocese's 60th anniversary, it's not only meant to reacquaint Catholics with the teaching, but to encourage them to return to Mass in person. To be really present with our family, friends, parishioners, and clergy, the bishop said in his announcement. The diocese and the bishops are focusing their efforts into the lead-up to the Feast of Corpus Christi on the new calendar, which happens in late June, for those keeping score. The idea seems simple. Teaching about the real presence, more formally, but first getting people back to the pews, back to Mass on Sunday. And that'll be the trick. Because we've seen this before. Last week, I told you about Cardinal Dolan getting on bended knee and asking the faithful in his diocese to return to Mass. I said at that time that he was oblivious to his own role in the lady not attending Mass. Between not trying to keep the faithful having access to the Mass and the sacraments, as well as to his own role in being buddy-buddy with Caesar, it is amazing that Dolan doesn't see how we got here. Will the Allentown program work? We can hope so. We can pray so. And if you live in that area, you can encourage your Catholic friends to get back to Mass. Honestly, you should encourage them to return to the sacraments, to their Sunday obligation, because here is the thing. A time may come when we do not have access to such things at all, and I don't mean like what we experienced either, but in a way much more reminiscent of what the earliest Christians experienced under Diocletian. If that were to come in whatever form that would take in the modern world, most who still cling to Christ will want the Mass more than anything else. But that's the key, isn't it? Holding to Christ. Our times require us to work ever more diligently to cling to the cross, and yet more and more people sort of drift away like fall leaves on a chilly breeze, and it leaves us all wondering what is happening. And so I'll end on this. Dolan himself said that what we need is catechesis. This is an oft-repeated argument from the Novus Ordo Hierarchy, and at some point they have to accept that catechesis isn't really the issue. that Instead, something that comes prior to catechesis needs to be addressed, and until they acknowledge that, their efforts won't bear the fruit that is hoped for. And I'm not saying this is going to be a wasted effort, but that there are underlying complexities that the Church has just been not willing to look at, including the impact of the Council whether that's its implementation or the Council itself. Now, I've never hidden my take on the Second Vatican Council, which is that it was not good and bore few, if any, good fruits and should be erased like the Synod of Pistoia was before it. Not everyone agrees, but people are free to g- disagree. But there you have it. People have asked for my source in the Real Presence data. There it is. I know some won't buy it because of things going on in Caesar's realm, but in the end of the day, the data holds up to scrutiny. The question is, what do we do about it? Let me know your thoughts in the comments please and like and remember to like, comment, subscribe and hit that notification bell which helps a lot. As always, pray for the church. I am Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.